This is a story I revisit whenever I need to remind myself of my strength and everything I've been through. It's for the LGBT plus youth who have lived or continue to live in fear because of experiences such as the one I'm about to share. You are not alone on this journey. That was a message from the person who submitted this week's story. Hey, it's Cam again. And before we get started, I just want to preface that if you're feeling vulnerable right now, I suggest you save this episode for another time. Underneath it all features true-to-life experiences that may be too triggering for certain viewers. The entries shared on this podcast were submitted anonymously and obtained consensually. To submit a story of your own, just email underneathitallpodcast at gmail.com. Again, content may be disturbing and triggering for some. Viewer discretion is advised. Love is not just love. It's complicated, complex, convoluted, every other adjective you can think of for the word difficult. The love I'm talking about was hearing my parents shouting at each other almost every day, but within the same 24 hours, witnessing my father tenderly tucking my mother into bed and my mother staring teary-eyed at their hands after all the anger has dissipated. I could never comprehend their love growing up. The only love that wasn't complicated for me to grasp was Hannah Montana falling for the 15th boy with long hair and a killer smile, or Gabriella and Troy Bolton, Disney princesses being rescued by their prince, charming. That was the formula of what I imagined every relationship to be made of. And so, of course, I dreamt of my Troy Bolton and my prince charming, I used to gush to my mother about what I envisioned my wedding was going to look like, how my husband and I would color coordinate, and it's just all so embarrassing. And for 16 years, I lived in that headspace, convinced that I had to find the male counterpart that would attach a last name and a ring to my existence to make my life complete. So imagine my shock when one pathetically normal day in school, I fell for a girl that I made eye contact with for two seconds. Two seconds was all the time it took for my entire existence to be shaken up like a snow globe. A girl? There must be something wrong. This isn't in the shows, it's not in the movies, or even in the books that I've read. I'd never even said the word gay in my life yet. I never had a reason to. But right off the bat, I felt fear make a home in my heart that day. Because although my parents weren't vocal about their homophobia, it's not something that has to be explicitly said to be understood. I'm a Catholic who grew up in a Catholic school and was raised by Catholic parents that took me to church every single Sunday. Enough said, right? Up until that point, I never had a reason to be scared of my own religion. I always thought that if I was ever going to be barred from entering the gates of heaven, it would be because of that one time I accidentally stole a toy from Toys R Us. Not because of sexuality. But I felt like a child again, holding one of those journals that come with a key and tiny padlock. It was like a guilty little secret of mine. Except... 
This was not just any secret that would earn me a spanking if my parents found out or piss off my friends. This was a secret that could have me thrown out of my house. And God, what if my friends found out? They'd probably tell the authorities at school and my life would be over. Those are my thoughts as a 16-year-old. And as I write this, I realize how depressing it is that even a person so young, with zero knowledge about anything gay, is aware enough of the stigma surrounding it that they immediately see themselves as doomed, as sinners and bad people, immediately so afraid. I managed on my own for quite some time, though, and I explored my sexuality through TV shows and good movies if I could find any. I had a Tumblr account where I talked to other people in the community, and I spent countless nights watching coming out videos on YouTube, sobbing at how badly I wanted to feel acceptance too. All of this while becoming more and more infatuated with the girl I made two seconds of eye contact with and trying to finish high school in one piece. It eventually got too much for me though, and one brave Friday night, I decided that I would spill my secret to a friend who recently moved away. I knew I could trust her, and what harm could she do if she was countries away? So I told her all about the girl, who we'll call Maria. Maria was the definition of perfect to me at that time. As all high school loves go, it was mostly driven by infatuation and hormones. I know that now as a 22-year-old. But when you're in the thick of it, liking someone in high school is the most intense feeling ever. Seeing them at least once a day, even if it's just the back of their head from afar, is enough to make your entire week, or break it, on the days when you couldn't spot them in the crowd. My friend was so supportive after I told her. She asked me stuff like, is Maria really pretty? And does she smell nice? What classes do you have with her? She spoke to me and teased me the way any friend does when I have a crush on a boy. And I was convinced that what I felt for Maria was the same as any other love or infatuation. It wasn't tainted because it was towards the same sex. I went to sleep with a smile on my face that night, and eyes that weren't puffy from crying. Maybe nothing's wrong with me, I remember thinking. My euphoria was short-lived, however. The next morning, I woke up to my mother shaking me awake. That alone scared me already because, as tough as my mom is, she never woke her children that way. I pry my eyes open, and the first thing my eyes land on is my phone resting in her hand. My heart drops. Anato, she said in our native language, or what's this in English? I immediately sit up trying not to show how nervous I was. She can't possibly know, I thought. What do you mean, I ask, feigning sleepiness. She throws the phone and it bounces off of the bed and onto the floor, shattering the front screen. Explain yourself to me right now. What were those text messages I read in your phone about a girl from your school? Who's Maria? And who is this person you're telling these things to? Shit. I was so caught up in talking to my friend that I must have fallen asleep with the phone right next to me. It suddenly buzzed on the floor, and I saw from the corner of my eye that it was my friend messaging me again. Shit, how could I be so careless? 
Apparently, my mother came to wake me up for breakfast when she noticed my phone buzzing with messages and decided to go through each and every single one of my private conversations. It's not long before she's yelling at me and I'm sobbing. I denied every word my mother threw at me. Deny, deny, deny. If I keep on denying it, it'll go away. I told her that Maria was just a girl I idolized because she was a part of every single school organization and I just wanted to be more like her. Who doesn't want to be pretty smart and talented, mom? I remember sputtering. Do you know what happens to people like you? She demanded. I kept my head down and my mouth shut, aware that there was nothing I could say to buffer her anger at this point. Any argument was useless, and I just have to endure every blow. You're gonna rot in hell. Do you want every single person in our family to discover that my daughter is gay? What do you think they're gonna say about us then? I hear a timid knock on my bedroom door, and my little brother enters the room, a frightened look in his big eyes. He must have heard all the yelling and gotten worried about me. You, come here and shut the door, my mother said. Then, I want you to witness this. I always thought physical pain was the worst kind of pain I'd ever endure. But, I'd choose falling off of my bike, breaking my ankle, and being punched in the jaw multiple times any day, than to have to hear the words my mother said to me again that day. It lasted all afternoon. For six hours, I cried and she screamed and at one point I ended up on the floor. I wanted to tear my hair out at my stupidity. Why did I do that? Why couldn't I just keep my mouth shut? What hurt most was that my little sibling was forced to watch the entire thing. He started sobbing too when my mother grabbed my chin and things got physical. Seeing him cry just broke whatever part of my heart remained. I can no longer recall much of what she said anymore in those six hours because of how deep I buried that memory, except for two things that have never left my mind since. One was, I'm so disappointed in you that I won't even tell your father about this. Who knows what he'll do if he finds out? And two, I'd rather die right now than to have to live with a gay daughter. My brother couldn't approach me for two days after that because he was so afraid the yelling would start again. My phone and everything else was taken away. I lost my voice and swore to myself to never be so naive again. In Catholic school, students are regularly required to attend confession, but after that, I couldn't bring myself to go anymore. I'd hide in the bathroom until it was over. My knees started to shake whenever I'd walk up to the priest to accept Holy Communion on Sundays. I feared God now. And Maria became the most painful reminder that yes, there is something wrong with me. Horribly wrong. My secret journal with the tiny key and padlock that I carried around was snatched from my grasp by someone I loved endlessly. And who I thought loved me endlessly too. But there is a limit to a mother's love, I learned, and the limit is this part of me I failed to hide. Seven years have passed since. I finished high school, then attended university, and slowly came out to my friends. College gave me the freedom 
and the opportunity to befriend people who, like me, are attracted to the same sex. Some friends are attracted to both, some not attracted to anyone at all, and others who don't identify with any labels. It was this exposure that guided me and continues to guide me towards self-acceptance. See, acceptance is the best gift you can ever give yourself, and it's a gift only you can give yourself. You cannot expect it from anyone else. But acceptance is also a journey. And if you're listening to this right now, I hope you're on this journey with me. If not, I hope you find the courage to do so soon. Maria will always be my first ever real crush. I will never forget how beautiful she looked at prom. We actually interacted a bit that night. Maria had pulled me aside with her gloved hand, and we made small talk for a few minutes before making our way to the dance floor. Actually, she made small talk while I did everything in my power to not shit my pants, or in this case, gown. I don't remember if I danced, nor do I remember what I said. I just remember staring into her lovely eyes as she talked above the loud music. The back of her head, an entire auditorium away, was already stunning to me, so seeing her face so up close, I'm not sure how I survived that. Our little moment ended, though, when her prom date, a handsome boy I wished was me instead, whisked her away to dance. So, I merely admired her from afar for the rest of the night and for the rest of high school. Maria will live on in the journal entries I keep in a shoebox underneath my bed, and I will always revisit her memory because she is now a reminder to me that there is nothing wrong with loving. And as for my parents, I will love them through anything. I do have hope that when the day comes and I've gathered enough courage to come out to them, properly this time, that they will learn to accept me. Hell, tolerating me would be good enough. But if they never do, I'll always have myself to fall back on and my friends to hug me through the darkest chapters. It takes a lot of courage to dig up such vulnerable experiences and write about them, and even more to share them on this platform. I'm giving my warmest hug to the person who submitted this story and to everyone who listened. Your vulnerability is inspiring so many people to open up, and nothing could be more wonderful. If you feel compelled to submit a story of your own, send it to underneathitallpodcast at gmail.com. To join the family, find us on Instagram at UIA Podcast, and I'll put our other socials in the show notes below. Whether you related to this episode or not, I hope you know that you're not alone in your struggles. Even during the loneliest moments, try to keep in mind that we're all here for each other, and that at the end of the day, we're the same underneath it all. Thank you for listening. I hope to see you again next week. Take care.